Hello, hello, my name is Dr. Rachel Gainsborough and I am obsessed with all things short-term rentals, revenue streams, and helping you navigate your career, real estate, and your busiest and most wonderful seasons of life. I'm an immigrant, a pharmacist, a wife and a mom who took one guest room rental and turned it into a multi-property, seven-figure real estate business, which has also landed us on TV. I'll teach you the real secrets and everything you need to build a short-term rental business that you love. I discuss the hard topics, mistakes I've made, and the mistakes others have made so you don't have to make them for yourself. Financing, automations, acquisitions, low occupancy, scaling, and building your team all while balancing your life are all subjects to be discussed here. Consider me that one best friend you can come to with your short-term rental business questions. So grab your coffee, get comfortable as you get ready to learn and grow with me. This is the Luxury Short-Term Rental Doctor podcast. I am so excited, guys, to bring to you one of my favorite data analysis persons in the whole wide world, Amir Dukic. Du- close. Dukic. It's close. Dukic. I've heard so much worse. I've heard so much worse. The last letter is a C. And, you know, it's D-U-K-I-C. A lot of people think it's an E, so I get Amir Duki quite a bit. So it's all good. Dukic is much better than Duki. I'll take it. Dukic. Dukic, yep. Dukic, got it. Okay, awesome. I love data. I love spreadsheets like a lot. Actually, some people call me Rachel with the spreadsheets for a reason, but (laughs) I digress. When it comes time to analyzing a short-term rental, when it comes time to investing in a property, and Amir would say this, you're not just buying a sandwich. You're not just buying a burger. It is a big deal. And so I spent a lot of time looking at spreadsheets, trying to perfect my ability to analyze markets. As you know, that we're going to be really looking at how we're analyzing the markets because the deal is made when you're purchasing it, right? The deal is made when you're buying the property. You want to make sure you understand the numbers you want to, I just want to demystify the numbers to everyone. Okay. So that's why I have a mirror with this. I want us to not rush into an investment because said it's going to be a good deal. And so guys, one of the pillars, the cornerstones of how I analyze my properties is data Rabu. And so enter data Rabu, specifically Amir Dukic here with us. I need to do better. It's all good. And I'm just- I've heard worse. (laughs) I'm just so honored that you're spending this evening with us. So for many of you, if you've been with me over the last year, you've seen me analyze and analyzing properties and talking about Data Rebu. What I love about Data Rebu is it allows you to zoom in. We're not going to take the analysis of an entire market with Data Rebu. You can also, but it just allows you to zoom in, get laser focused on this particular property compared to other comps, those that have swimming pools, those that have hot tubs, those that you know are two doors down, those that are pet friendly. Is the revenue that I'm projecting that I'm going to be able to make, do I have the evidence to prove that, right? Or am I just living off of hopium? And you all know I don't like that. We're not going to just live off of hopium. I hope this works. No, let's get down to the nitty and gritty. So Amir, thank you so much for creating this tool, for founding this company so that we can just in, in a few minutes really understand what kind of revenue can be generated just by having an address. So thank you. Thank you. Massive. Thank you. I want to go ahead and allow you to introduce yourself a little bit of your background, how you came about helping to get this tool to market and just tell us a little bit more about what it does. And I would love some show and tell as well. So I'm going to shut up and let you take it away, Amir. And again, thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Well, first of all, thanks again for having me. I love what you do. I love the community you're building. We share kind of a vision in turning short-term rentals into a tool for financial freedom for professionals. So I, I love what you, that you're doing that with your group and it's something that we firmly believe in. So yeah, absolutely. My name is Amir Dukic. I'm the CEO of Prabhu. We're actually based in Charlotte, North Carolina. We're just talking about this, just down, down the I-85 from you in Atlanta. And we started the company about five or six years ago when my wife and I purchased a house in Charlotte that had a detached garage and a room above the garage. And the initial idea for that room was man cave. Like I wouldn't go up there, watch my sports and hang out, but we had little kids. 
that just wasn't the smart thing to do for my marriage. My wife's a nurse, so she works hard enough on the day to day. She does not need to be in the house alone watching the kids. So being an entrepreneur, started thinking about what, how can we monetize this? We looked at opportunities and again, this was like when Airbnb was still relatively early, like maybe we get an au pair here, we can watch the kids, but nothing made sense. So we decided to furnish it and make it an Airbnb and just hope it puts some discretionary income. And next thing we know, it's paying the mortgage in our house. We're like, holy smokes, like what's going on here? We just accidentally house hacked into a property, our house, and this is working great. We're meeting people. It's working really well. So right at that time period, I was actually part of another technology startup called Kick that had been acquired by NBC Sports. And I joined NBC as part of that position, but knew I wanted to do something else outside of NBC. So having this basically idea in my garage, which just happened to be in my garage and Airbnb, I was like, this is really interesting. Maybe we should get a few more properties. If this little room above my garage can pay my mortgage, I wonder how much a real apartment or real house could make. So. It was that point, it was just my wife and myself. So we went out and found another property, which happened to be an apartment in Charlotte, turned that into a Airbnb, just hope it again to cover our costs and maybe make a little bit more. Next thing we know, we're making two to three X what we were making, what we, what our lease obligations and our rental and our mortgage was. So we're like, okay, this is great. Let's go get another one. So we did, and we got to five and it was all working extremely well. But, you know, that's when we started running into the issue of this is, this, we get it very early on. This is a lot of work. We're basically running a hospitality business, but we don't have the density of having five units in one little building. There are five units all around town. So I went to the gentleman, James Strong, who was the co-founder, who was one of the developers at Kick, the prior company I mentioned. I said, hey, James, this is what I'm working on. I think there's a big opportunity here. Can you help build technology out to make the day-to-day easier for us, right? So that we can build out and so we can operate more properties. So James spent some time looking at it, loved the idea, ended up joining. So I basically replaced James, my wife, I fired my wife, hired James, not hired, but started the company with James <laughs> just because it, we've definitely learned since they're smart to make that separation regardless. So with James, we started building out kind of the engine and we started looking at properties for ourselves. But then kept, as they were looking at properties to add to our portfolio, we kept running into a real estate investor and said, Hey, why don't you guys actually help us find a property for us and then help us operate that property? We're like, oh, interesting. So instead of us kind of taking on a lot of the risk ourselves, we can actually enable real estate investors to do so and not let this take on the risk, but also the upside. So James and I worked together and we started building tools that would make that easier for investors. First, a property management company, but then that involved into building batteroflue.com, which James randomly launched on a Friday night after having a few beers, after he had, we had built this tool for ourselves and for the, the our clients who were working with to help them find properties to buy. James accidentally, he says accidentally, but he launched the tool and then posted it in a Facebook group. And next thing we know, we started getting people using the tool to help identify properties to buy for themselves. So we're like, oh, wow, this is actually something that people want. This is not just an internal tool. So from there, we kind of took the turn of making sure that everybody across the country had access to it, that we had coverage across every city, every state, every zip code in the country for people to analyze properties. And next thing we have 50,000 people utilizing the tool to find properties to buy and access short-term rental data. So it's been quite a journey, but you know, our kind of, believe this means the same. We believe that short-term rentals are a great way for people to produce income for themselves. We believe that providing tools that allows them to do so at scale is helpful for all of us. And we still have the management company because we've now learned that some people don't want to manage themselves. So we operate about 400 properties all across the country as short-term rentals. And it ranges anything from a single family house in Charlotte to a hotel in Miami beach to a duplex in, in, in the LA area. So really excited about the opportunity, really excited to talk to you and the group and hopefully we can find a way to support your ecosystem. I love that. And what I'm hearing, first of all, guys, Amir, he's not just a guy looking to 
capitalize on the Airbnb or short-term rental SDR revenue that's out there. That's part of it too, because the more people you serve, the more people, the more revenue you can generate, right? So Amir was actually looking to solve his own problem as an STR host. So that's what's near and dear to me. He gets it. He gets the pains, <laughs> the ups and downs and all of the things. I just really want to emphasize to you that Amir is one of us. <laughs> so so yeah, he's, he's not clean plenty of toilets. I've built many a bed. I've done it all. Clean the toilets. Not the toilets. Yeah. It's you, you gotta do what you gotta do early on, right? I mean, there's at the very I've beginning, it's just it's been my it was my wife, myself, with the the garage apartment. We would go after the guest left, we would go clean it because it was the most efficient thing to do. As we started getting more properties, just started getting help with different cleaning vendors, maintenance vendors, but we, we were there. Every penny you can get out of the ecosystem, you try to. So I can't tell you, we actually just moved into a new house and I'm over here building building furniture. And I'm like, oh, this would be easy because I've done it for 30 properties at least early on when we first started. So it's a fun journey. It's very rewarding. It's There's so much to it. It's easy to think about the moments when I get complaints, but you're also making the lives of a lot of people, making it a lot easier, giving them a place to come and really have a good time. Some of the reviews you get just make your day. So it's yeah. it's part of the journey. No, no. And I love that. I absolutely love that. So like I was saying, guys, as you can see, Amir is definitely one, one, one of us. He gets it, the highs and lows and all of that. And I just want to make sure that we're covering all of the pillars. And one of the foundations to investing in short-term rentals is understanding how the numbers work, understanding your market so that you can sort of create not only your buy box, you can quickly evaluate whether or not a property is going to work for you in terms of how the numbers are working. So we're not necessarily investing into short-term rentals to buy ourselves another job, so to speak. We really want to leverage the lowest number of properties in our case, in our community, the fewest number of properties with the highest profitability. And how do we do that? We have to know the numbers. And what I love about Data Rabu is it makes it easy for us to know the numbers. Amir, and again, thank you so much for making it easy for us. How does he get his data comparable to a giant like AirDNA and why choose Data Rabu over AirDNA? And so I'm going to speak for myself real quick, Amir, and then I'm going to let you speak. So I love it. Yeah. So as far as how you get your data, I'll let you answer that. But the reason that I use Data Rabu is I feel as though it is the better tool for zooming in, right? So with AirDNA, I see a lot of dots on a map, which is not helpful to me at all. <laughs> I'm going to be completely honest. I have to do quite a bit of jujitsu to get down to the actual numbers that I want. But with Data Rabu, I'm able to zoom in to a particular address and see within 0 0.1, 0 0.2, 0 0.3 miles how the properties in the surrounding area are performing. And with Data Rabu, what I love is that filters are your friend. So if you can, if you determine, you know what, I just want to see the properties that are rated at 4.5 and higher or 4.8 and higher, you can filter down to those properties. And what that's going to do is going to give you a projected revenue. It's going to give you your occupancy just for those properties that are rated 4.5. If I want to drill down even further and say, I only want to see the three to four bedrooms, I can do that just by two clicks on Data Rabu. Click three bedroom, four bedroom, and that is my range or five to eight bedroom or five to six bedroom. You can do that or three to four. It just really one or two clicks, I can get that filtered. The next filter that I like to use is amenities or it's a checkbox. So I can see which amenities are performing well. So if I have two properties, I'm purchasing a property for 300,000 and 400,000. Everything's the same, but one has a swimming pool and one does not have a swimming pool. I can go into Data Rebel and click swimming pool just like that. And then just filter down to swimming pool and then without swimming pool and look at those numbers. And I can then extrapolate that to say, okay, will I get my return on investment on purchasing that property that has the swimming pool versus the property that doesn't matter? All amenities sound amazing, right? But not all amenities generate revenue. Not all amenities matter. And so that's why I love Data Rebel. I don't use exclusively Data Rebel. I do use the AirDNA tool as well. 
But I will say that Data Rebel number one is free. <laughs> there's a free version of it. So there's a place to start. And even the paid version, I'm able to leverage some savings as well for the market property, a paid version. And I know I'm getting the, na the name wrong. We can talk about that a little bit later. You have access to nationwide data for the amount you would pay on a monthly basis for AirDNA versus Data Rebel. So I use both. I like to have more than one option when I'm analyzing property. I don't just want to have just one option, but I like to have more than one option. And the other thing with Data Rebel is they don't include the cleaning fees in, in the data. So that really gives me more of a conservative version of what I'm anticipating my revenue to be, which puts me in a, I think, a better position for my decision-making. So that's why I love, love Data Rabo. So Matt, when you take a look at this, yeah, so that's why I love it. So for you, Amir, how you can answer the same question as well, but he's also asking, how do you get the data compared to how did AirDNA get the data? Can you speak to that, please? If you yeah, yeah, absolutely. So first of all, you, you did a great job explaining exactly what why we believe we're different than AirDNA. Our from everything I understand, the way we capture data is very much aligned, very similar with the way AirDNA captures the data. The biggest difference is that we do not include cleaning fees in our data. One of the reasons we built our own tools and now made it available to the public is because we wanted more transparency in the data, the filters, the comp selection, which properties are most like mine. So that's why we launched it because, you know, not every property is the same. The way you furnish it, the way you market it, the way you price it makes a big difference. The way you, you do hospitality, right? The average reviews you get makes a big difference, especially in short-term rentals. So the reason we launched it at Rabu.com was for the transparency in the data. So you can do your comp select, so you can set those amenities, set the filters to get down to the point. So great question, Matt. Data is very sourced in a very similar way. It's a combination of historical data it's a combination of collecting data from future reservations. It's a combination of having seasonality data for us because we also have a property management arm where we manage a little bit of work on our property. Why we also have operational data that helps us understand even a little bit further how property is performing. All those matter. Probably very similar to the way our DNA is collecting it. But for us, it's all about transparency and giving you as the user the ability to really get down to the nuts and bolts of your property and finding the best comps for it. With that said, as Rachel does, I we still encourage people to utilize their DNA as a secondary data point. Again, you're not buying a sandwich or a burger, you're buying a multi-hundred thousand dollar asset. So we encourage people to use both data tools and their DNA very much has its strengths. But what we were hoping to achieve, you know, I believe we've achieved this, is to give more transparency into the data, into the opportunity, so that the investors can be just a little bit more educated when making such a large financial decision. Awesome. Thank you for that, Amir. What's unique about Data Rabu that's not in Mashvisor? I haven't used Mashvisor in a hot minute. I'm going to be honest, full of transparency, I'm not using Mashvisor anymore. I think I found it to be a little bit clunky, but I may be wrong. I may need to reevaluate that because I'm always looking at different data tools, but I'm going to let you take it away, Amir. You're the data miner, data anal analysis expert here on the call. So what's unique about Data Rabu that's not in MashVisor? Again, you took the words out of my mouth, Rachel. It's the simplicity, right? Again, MashVisor, good tool, but there's just a lot going on there. We used to use the tool ourselves. They're just to, it's hard to just get down to the nuts and bolts. Like, what am I looking at? What's a true comp set for us? We wanted to make it as simple as possible. I mean, that's why you can go to datarabu.com. The first thing, the only thing we ask you for is an address. And then we give you the data around the address that you can then filter down to get to your point. Everywhere else, from our experience that we've seen, it's just, it's too complicated. You're having to jump through different screens. There's too many dots on a map for you to figure out what's happening. Again, usually the data sources aren't overly unique. It's how they're presented and the functionality that are given to the users themselves. And for us, the focus was, let's keep this clean and simple and really not a math experiment for everyone to figure out, well, if I click here, what happens here? It's address, bedrooms, filters, and that's really it. 
Okay, so thank you for validating that. I felt a little bit lazy. Listen, guys, when it comes to short-term rentals, when it comes to investing, when it comes to real estate, when it comes to running your business, simplicity scales, right? If someone hands me an address, if in a, just a few short minutes, I'm able to see what I need to see, guys, there's nothing like it. And so with Data Rabble, again, it's simple to use and simplicity is given. I think for me, I'm going to be honest, when I saw the heat maps on MashVisor, I got excited. But after three hours, I don't feel as though I was smarter and I was able to make better decisions with all of that. So ultimately, I, I want to whittle it down to my top two or three tools that I use that is going to give me the information that I need to get, and I'm able to navigate it. And so I found MashVisor to be very clunky and hard to navigate, but not to say it's not a good tool. Even key data, I like key data. I think it's a great tool as well, but it's extremely expensive and it, it takes a lot. It takes you have to go through training. If you need to go through a lot of training to use the tool, you're probably doing too much. Because like I said, Data Rebel is very simple and simplicity scales for sure. Okay, super excited. Oh my gosh. So Amir, I know we kind of touched on this a little bit, but why are the numbers so different between Data Rebel and AirDNA? Yeah, again, it kind of goes back to that transparency point in DataRebel.com. We give you the ability to set your comp set and the deeper you dive into said you composite, the more those numbers are going to vary or they should vary from what you see on air DNA. The reason because the air DNA, it's very much, you give them an area and they give you a, a high level data point. We try to make it much more detail oriented, much more focused on your particular property, your particular asset. The way our tool works is that we look for at least 10 comps before we give you a revenue estimate. And we do that at half mile intervals. So you give us an address. We'll look for at least 10 comps of the same bedroom size if in a half mile radius. And if you find them, if you find 10, great. We'll show you those 10 and come up with an estimate. If there's more than 10, we'll show you the closest 100. But if you don't find 10, then we'll extend the radius by another half mile, right? Now you're looking at a mile radius. And then if you don't still find 10, we'll extend another half mile until we get to at least those 10. And that just, again, gives you transparency into knowing what you're looking at. Transparently, from my perspective, I don't know what comps AirDNA is using. How far are they going out to come up with those? Is it two? Is it 10? Is it 50? Is it within what radius? How are those ads performing? So it's really the reason that the revenue is different is because the search parameters, the search filters are likely different to begin with. And we just give you the transparency of what those are. And then you can refine them further. It's not a one for one. Got it. Got it. So I love this. There are some new tools that are hitting the market, Amir. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this particular one. One of our colleagues created a tool called STR Insights. Have you heard of it? I've heard I've heard about it recently, especially. Awesome. They've not done a lot of digging into it, but okay. definitely see another data tool around, which from our perspective, it's good. Let's get as much information about the asset class out there as possible. But Myself, personally, I'm not as familiar with STR Insight. Okay. Okay. Awesome. And so I'm happy to make that intro to you. I think you and the founder of STR Insights would have some great conversations. I will tell you that STR Insights, I think, is another great tool that helps you to zoom out again. So with that tool, the goal is you're going to, by the time you're done going through the process, you're going to pick a market per se, and the asset size in terms of the bedroom count and compared to bedroom count in that market, four bedrooms versus five bedrooms. But as far as getting like laser focus, I haven't seen that yet in STR Insights. I may be wrong, but again, I feel as though it's zooming out, but with Data Rabu, you're zooming in, you're zooming in. And again, filters are your friends with Data Rabu, which I absolutely love. I think that's actually the superpower of your tool, Amir, for sure. What OTAs are Data Rabu pulling comps from? That's a great question. So which OTAs, Amir? Yeah, so it's primarily from Airbnb just because that's where we've seen the most best and really clean data. We are exploring additional OTAs, exploring Verbo and a few others, but right now it's primarily from, from Airbnb. 
Awesome. What are some of the data points you're searching for to determine a good STR? That's a great question. Amir, what are some data points you're look, you're you're searching for, or what would you say would be would make a great buy box for a new investor looking to start with their first short term rental? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, there's many layers to it. Really depends on the type of investor you want to be, but you know, obviously, you want some return parameters, right? There's a certain cash and cash return, usually double digits, right? Certain cap rate that you're looking for; those things matter. Then the other thing that matters: Are you looking to be a how long are you looking to hold, right? Are you looking to hold for two years, five years, 10 years? Because you might make some trade-offs on the cash and cash or the cap rate for those in return for those. So your investment strategy matters quite a bit, but the two that always jump to mind, cash and the cap rate, long-term appreciation, long-term kind of IR matter as well. Your total returns matter when you sell, what is your gain there? But for somebody who's looking for cash flow, it's Cash and cash return, it's cap rate. Those are the two things that pop out that I'm looking for initially at a high level. After that, it's really kind of for, from a protection purpose and just like ensure that I can hold on to this return for the longest amount of time. I'm looking at density, the number of same size of listings in the area that I'm in, right? Do I want to just buy a one bedroom condo? Maybe. If the cash and cash return is good, but what if there's a oversupply of one bedroom condos? It means my return is going to be compressed going forward. So I'm going to look at what kind of the asset distribution is, or sorry, I'm getting, maybe getting a little technical, what the distribution of one, two, three, four, five plus bedrooms is in the market and make sure that I don't become just another one bedroom in Nashville, right? And there's, and I'm just thinking it's up 15,000 of them. I don't want to become 15,001. If I see there's only 2,004 bedrooms, I might say, hey, I want to become 2,001 of four bedrooms because long-term, that's going to be more sustainable. So first, initial return. Second, kind of density on the number of properties that are similar to it because that's more, and if it's about to happen, more people get involved in space, I want to make sure I have a distinctive edge and don't just become a number in the kind of equation. I love that. Amir is focusing on what the numbers look like. Cap rate, cash on cash, and other, I call them a little bit intangible. What's going to make you different? What's going to make you stand out from the crowd so that you don't just blend in and you're just competing at that point with who's the lowest price? That buyer is going to compare right. price to price. But if you can stand out from the crowd, if you can provide an asset where you're a little bit different in terms of you're a larger home that can host multi-generational, multi-families versus 20, let's say 15,000 one bedrooms, that's going to make the difference. So I, I do want to get a little bit more granular because I want the people to leave out here with something in hand. So Amir, can you tell us specifically what numbers would you say if you see this cap, cap cap rate or if you see this cash on cash, you're absolutely not interested. You're not even going to look at this property a, a second time. Is yeah. there a number that you feel like, you know what, I'm not going to have profitability for my company, for the investors that are relying on me to help them with their decision making? What are those numbers? Yeah, it, honestly, it's so I wish there was this like a golden answer for you. So our investors <laughs> rent anything from our clients invest anything from somebody who's buying He's doing similar things to what your clients doing. Then we have some of our clients are funds that have raised hundreds of millions of dollars that are looking to deploy this into short-term rentals. They're not looking for quite as outside of return, outside of return. They're happy with the 8% cash on cash return because they're also playing the five-year hold and the appreciation game. So it really depends. For somebody that's probably more similar to you, your audience, you're probably looking at least a double-digit cash and cash return, at least double-digit. Ideal case scenario, it's a double-digit cap rate and low 15 plus percent cash and cash return for the asset. Now, factors to that, what are some of your expenses? Are you self-managing? That becomes, you can get to that cash and cash return quicker. Are you hiring a property manager to do so for you? It might take a little bit longer. There's upsides to both sides. So it's really, I love the question. I would ask like two or three more questions back to you as the investor of like to understand what your profile is before being able to give you an answer that I'm comfortable with. Are you looking to self-manage? How big are you trying to grow? Are, are you playing a buy and hold game? Or are you looking for a cash flow return? So a couple of factors involved, but for myself, I would jump on something that's double digits on cash and cash or cap rate in a heartbeat. 
especially in this market with inflated interest rates, we still encourage people to buy because in six to nine to 12, 18 months, however long it is from now, you can refinance and even amplify those returns going forward. So from what we're seeing, a lot of our clients are still buying right now because there's less competition in the space. So even while the returns model compressed today, if you refinance when interest rates dropped in five and 6% in 12 months, that looks a lot better very quickly. Awesome. I love that, Amir. And that's a question I get all the time. And it's like, I think it's one of those gotcha questions that when people ask, they're like, I'm going to get you kind of thing. But here's the funny thing, though. And here's what we have found. And there are other level levers to pull to amplify the cash flow. When Amir talks about amplifying the cash flow, that is no joke. I don't know any asset class that you could really amplify the cash flow the way you do with STRs. And here's the deal. Many of you here are busy professionals. Guess what? we're able to leverage a tax loophole with the cost segregation studies and bonus depreciation where we can get a lot of those initial investments and offset our W-2 income, right? This year is 100% bonus depreciation. Next year, it's 80%, then 60%, and then it phases out. So when you factor that in, and that's not something that everyone can factor in, right? Again, like you were saying, Amir, you're going to have more questions. It's going to be specific to the investor. So if you are that investor who has that W-2, who's able to leverage material participation, who's able to leverage some of those tax benefits, oh my goodness, we can project. For some people, I've seen 40, 50, 60, 80% cash on cash return based on the savings on the back end. So now is still the time to buy. I think within the next three years, if you can leverage one property per year, <laughs> at least for the next three years, take advantage of these tax savings while they're here. This is something that I've only seen with the multifamily space previously, but to see it here in the short-term rental space, I think it's just absolutely amazing. All right. So, so next true. question. I uh, love that. Yeah. Yeah. You Have you seen a lot of investors taking advantage of that, Amir? Absolutely. I mean, you get it. The financial game, right? It's leveraging different opportunities. You've seen a lot of 1031 exchanges, people buying into yep. short-term rentals. There's a lot of the, the leveraging of the tax loopholes. A lot of yeah. groups saying, hey, I'm okay with a lower compressed return in this economic environment because if you add everything else up, the return looks much better. So... Yeah, And like you say, the interest rate, we're going to date the interest rate, but marry the house. If you can do a a cash out refi in a few years, then all the numbers change all over again. Exactly. It's very much a fluid game. And the great thing about short-term rentals, it's, we're not static. We're not committing to anything right now for the next year, right? You can adjust your rental strategy. You can adjust your pricing strategy based on supply and demand in the market, which just gives you, it's almost extensive. It helps you prevent against any issues that happened when COVID happened, for example, people stopped renting short-term rentals for a few days at a time. And at that point had about 70 properties. We switched all of them to monthly rentals and had 95% occupancy basically, because people just decided, Hey, I'm going to go travel instead of for a few days for a few months. So I can have more space, just change the scenery. There's the uniqueness of this asset class and the flexibility of it is just, there's so much upside. So. Um, really excited about where it's decided. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Can you talk a little about, bit about self-managing versus using a property management company? So what are the pros and cons? Yeah. I mean, so I started off, as I mentioned earlier, self-managing the properties with my wife. It can be more profitable if you, you definitely can be. I'm trying to make sure I say it the right way. It just depends on how you value your own personal time, right? Because your time investment costs, costs money, costs effort. It can be done. It's hard to find a good property manager. A lot of times property manager is almost like a four-letter word in a sense because everybody thinks they can do things better. And again, full transparency, we have a property management arm. We try to do the best things, everything to the best that we can, but there's only so much we can do as well. So it's a balance. It really, again, goes back to who you want to be as an investor and what kind of returns are you looking for. We self-managed up until we got to five properties. We believe we were probably capturing a little bit better return than we could have captured a property manager, all things considered. But we also hated like Friday nights 
because we were expecting somebody to give us a call, not knowing how to check in or having gone out late at night and got stuck and had some kind of issue happen. So it's really understanding who again, you want to be as an investor and what the balance is. If you can do it, if you have the, like, if you have the ability, the time, go for it. Worst case scenario, you learn a lot about what you need out of the asset class and how you can continue growing your portfolio. You learn what works, what doesn't work, you know, what you can improve to your property and any new property that you buy. That's the worst, that's the worst case scenario, best case scenario. You enjoy doing it. You have time for it and it becomes part of your day. But if you are someone that, you know, just wants to be completely hands-free and really wants to focus on growing your portfolio, then property manager is right for you. You just have to find the right one that fits your style and is aligned with your goals, which takes some time. And there's groups out there. Again, we have an arm. There's others that do similar things that we do that offer smaller offerings. It really depends on what your goals are. So you can go either way. Both ways can work. Just again, and I'll say this all the time, it's really kind of doing an internal kind of analysis of how do I, as Rachel, as Amir, want to grow in this business? I love it. I love it. Again, Amir, when it comes to investing, it's not a one size fits all, right? Same thing with how you're going to manage your portfolio. So I love that. Do you normalize the data? Brand new uh-huh. construction homes. How do you, how do we address those, Amir? We look into all those data points. Again, we, when we give you our revenue projection, we're utilizing the data that's available to us to give you that revenue projection. Now, because we don't know enough about the property, we can't always say, okay, this is a brand new construction versus the comp set that's here that might be 40, 50 years old. That's why we found the ability to give you the comp selection so powerful and the filter so powerful so that you can get down to that point of data we just don't have, right? How old is the property? Is a new construction? You know, I do take into account things of how long has it been on the property? How long has it been on Airbnb? How long has it been live? Because we understand there's usually some initial uptakes on the property goes live because Airbnb wants to boost those things, to boost those new properties. And we account that in algorithm. But there's just some factors. We just have limited data on the actual asset itself. So what we try to do through our tools, again, give you the ability to boil down to the right estimates of the right comp sets for you so that you can get comfortable with the numbers. But there's, again, there's no one size fits all even for revenue projection. It's, you need to find the ones that are most like your property to get comfortable with it. Awesome. Awesome. I know a lot of people are going to be running into that because honestly, we know that the newer homes are going to be desirable. People want to enjoy new. So understanding that within that vicinity of that new home, if you can use those filters again, and I went into depth as far as filters are your friends and data rabu, I went into depth and I feel as though Amir, we may need to do a workshop, like a hands-on workshop with everyone, but I don't want to go over extremely long. Would you be able to do a quick demo for us on, because that's what the people came for. They wanted to see uh, Data Rabu on the inside. Yeah, I'm happy to do a quick demo of the product. Yeah, I'll keep it high level. So I'll start right now. Hopefully you guys, Rachel, can you confirm you can see my screen? Yep, I can see. Awesome. So there's a couple of ways, uh, there's a couple of ways you can look at our product. We have a tool, datarabu.com, which does three different things. It does revenue estimates, market data, and properties for sale. Revenue estimate is kind of the tool that we've had for the longest. It basically give us an address and we give you a revenue projection for that address. This is a tool that's been free historically and remains to be free going forward. So to access that, really all you have to do is go to data.rabu.com and you type in an address for any asset. So for this exercise, I'm going to type in 1000 Blythe Boulevard. I know this, this is a group with a medical background. 1000 Blythe Boulevard is the address of the largest hospital in Charlotte, Atrium Health. Regardless, it's actually my wife's a nurse. That's where she works as well. So what this does, it it looks, kind of alluded to earlier, it looks at other short-term rentals within a, a half a mile increment radius to get to at least 10 homes. So looking here, so I tapped the Manus Woods Hospital, which you can see it's right here on the map. And I said it's a two-bedroom. So it took us about, it took us right at two and a half miles to come up with the appropriate comp set for this particular property. 
So what this does, it basically quickly gives you an idea of how much a two bedroom will make as a short term rental here. An average property makes 2,100. The less performing properties make 1,700 and the top performers make 2,600. We then give you some market data, some additional properties for sale nearby, and then we give you the comps, right? So here's the closest properties and looks like the biggest, the closest two bedroom to the hospital is actually 1.4 miles away, which is somewhat surprising. But then you'll see this property states by Walker South and two bedroom at 4.8 stars on average, 53% occupancy, makes about 2,200 bucks a month. You know, then can click on, you can see the amenities that it provides, you can see what the calendar for states about Walker is and how they're charging and the pricing those properties. And then you can see that property in Airbnb. So you can actually get a look at it on the actual Airbnb website to come to, to just see some of the more additional data. And then you can see more information on it. So really quick clips into the property itself. We show it to you in a card view. I know Rachel mentioned this earlier, the prior call that we had, but we also have the list view, which is kind of original to when the product first launched. You can also see it in the list view. So just depending on how you want to see it, you can see a card view or list view. Then you can go through these properties and really kind of see, are these good comps for me? And should I exclude them or include them in our analysis? So this seems like no filters, but you can come back here and you can say, hey, I want to expand this to five miles and I only want properties that have 4.8 stars as a review, only want properties that have a 40% occupancy. You can really kind of set your own parameters to it to get an, uh, an idea of what the return looks like based on that. So as you guys saw, I expanded my radius significantly to five miles and it went for the top end properties and the revenue projection jumped quite a bit to over $3,000. and. So really powerful to know. The other thing that we show you here that I mentioned that I didn't mention a second ago is seasonality. So we have seasonality data for all the markets. And in Charlotte, the seasonality is relatively flat. Again, here in the wintertime, people don't come to Charlotte much because it's cold, but it's still relatively flat. It peaks in the spring season and in the summer. But you'll see if you went to, for example, to a beach market, you'll see it drop off significantly in the winter months or vice versa if it was a uh, a ski market, you'd see it pop in the winter and drop off in the summer. But the idea here is that we would give you a revenue estimate, an average estimate throughout the year so that you can educate yourself and say, okay, I'll buy this asset. I'll make 2,200 bucks a month in January. I'll peak at $3,600 a month in July, but on average, I'll make 3,000. So again, you can refine your comps, but the idea here is to make that really simple and easy to get to a get comfortable with a revenue projection for a property you may be looking at. But that's the first tool. Rachel, any questions I can answer or any clarifying points I can make there? No, I absolutely love it, guys. And this, again, is the pillar, is the foundation of what I use to analyze properties. But I'm really excited about the additional tools that you have in place. And I know that there has been some major upgrades with data Rabu. And so I've invested in getting access to more information as well, but already with guys, just the revenue estimates, it's just been a game changer for me to be able to zoom in and just use the filters and really uh, get laser focused on the properties that are within the vicinity of my property. So already it's a huge one for me. So this tool, as I mentioned, is free, will remain free. We did launch some new paid tools that you have to pay. To get access to it now, we do offer a seven-day free trial for you to check it out and test it out and see if it's for you that anybody can can sign up for if they go to the tool. And I'll, towards the end of this call, I'll share a special offer that we have for Thorey uh, Rachel's ecosystem. But so revenue estimates free to use. The next tool set that we launched is market data. And what this does, you can type in any zip code, any city, any county, anywhere in the United States and get really detailed data on that. So I was in Charlotte earlier. Let me just stick with Charlotte. So Clicking on Charlotte, kept this relatively broad for the entire city of Charlotte. There's 2,500 listings in Charlotte that are short-term rentals, about 1,600 hours. You'll see one of the first things you'll notice is that 1,300 of them, almost half of them, or a little bit over half of them, are one-bedroom units. So when we go back to what we talked about earlier is how do you create something that is distinguished and will have a sustainable kind of opportunity, you'll see, okay, well, I probably shouldn't buy a one-bedroom because there's already half the listings in Charlotte, one bedrooms. There's quite a lot of two bedrooms as well. It drops off considerably once you get into three, four bedrooms. Okay. Maybe that's my opportunity as an investor. And then 
Next thing we'll show you is how each of those property sides perform. So you'll see one and two bedrooms make about four, two and four thousand, four thousand dollars a month. But as you get bigger, you see the six thousand, seven thousand, nine thousand, twelve thousand. You'll see that six bedrooms aren't really popular at all. There's not many of them. So it really gives you educational data to say what type of property should I focus on. The next great thing is, and something that I love is understanding what amenities matter. So will I make more money if I allow pets? Will I make more money if I have a pool? So let's just narrow this down a little bit and say, okay, I'm thinking about buying a two bedroom. So we'll just get to the two bedroom data. So there's 621 in Charlotte. 41% allow pets, 30% of my pool. So let's see what the performance looks like on those. So on average, they make about 77,000. So if I add, if I allow pets, how does that impact things? Actually, I make less money in Charlotte if I allow pets, which is interesting, right? This is not the case for every market, but in Charlotte, there's 256 listings that allow pets. They actually perform less. Might surprise you guys, but what the takeaway here is that people don't want to travel with pets to Charlotte. If you offer pets, you're actually going to make less money. So you should not offer that as an amenity here. How about having a pool? Does that actually matter? Yeah, having a pool makes a big difference. So can you find a place in Charlotte where you can add a pool or you can add a pool because that will make significantly more money? So the idea of if market data, this our second tool set is to give you insights into how to optimize your property, how to find the right property, what type of property to, to look for as you're finding the property to buy. And then the last tool set is what we call properties for sale. And what we do here is we look at properties as they hit MLS and we tell you how those properties will perform as short-term rentals and if they make sense to buy. So I just typed in Charlotte again, and here's the property that hit the market an hour ago that Looks like it's a condo in the university terrace that if you were to buy it now and it's for sale for 210 based on the seasonality projections, you're actually looking at a 10% cap rate and a 13% cash on cash return, which very aligned with the numbers I mentioned earlier, but I see the total investment 210 purchase price because of the size of the property, a four bedroom, it's going to cost you about $19,000 furnish other expenses that are upfront, financing assumptions, your interest rates, your loan amount your upfront equity, uh, really kind of giving you our revenue from our tool. And then the expenses would include your Airbnb channel fees, Airbnb fees, so you're hiring a manager, your management fee, of course you can zero that out and plan to self-manage, I'll update things, supplies, property taxes, insurance, HOA fees, utilities, everything you need to know. We'll, sh we'll give you the listing so you can see it for sale in Redfin so you can action on it. We'll give you the walk score so you can see how popular it is, how close destinations people want to walk to are. Everything you really need to know to kind of make that investment decision. We make that easily available to you here. We also allow you to stake your buy box so you can say, hey, I'm looking for properties in Florida and Georgia and North Carolina that are meeting certain return parameters, a certain cap rate, a certain cash and cash return, a certain budget, a certain property type. And then we start displaying those properties to you, sending you an email or a text message, depending on your settings, as those hit the market so that you can see them and evaluate them for your personal investment. So the idea again is to make it easier for you as the investor to come in and say, hey, does it make sense for me to buy this property? So set those parameters a second ago, here's a property with the city that meets it. Another one, here's one in Corolla. So the idea, again, make it really simple for investors to find properties to buy that meet their criteria and give them the data that they can utilize to do so. And this is a great example. I just picked Corolla. You can see here, I guess Corolla is, yep, it's somewhere in the North Carolina coast. I'm not even familiar with that. It, yeah, it looks like it's actually in the, yeah, right on the coast in North Carolina. You'll see seasonality here is much more extreme. So very few visitors in the winter months, but you'll make most of your money here in May, June, May through August. So really insightful data for you to have as an investor so you can make that purchase decision. Guys, how cool is that? I thought that was really awesome. Since Verbo is included yet, does that mean the revenues are underreported? My properties get a decent amount of revenue from Verbo. So question to you, Amir, for those individuals 
who find that verbal is the primary OTA for their property. We see that in certain markets, right? Verbal crushes certain markets. How is data rabu to be interpreted or to be leveraged? Is it just inaccurate completely? Or what are your thoughts? Is there a normalization with a percentage? Or is that too wishful thinking to go in that yeah, direction? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I love that question. So I do we too. Don't, uh, we don't pull data directly from Verbo. And the reason for that is, is because what we found is that Verbo has a lot of noise in it. And when I say noise, I mean a lot of part-time short-term rental properties, down-term investment properties that are usually owned by an individual who stays there a good amount of time. They put it in verbal to offsets some of their liabilities, some of their mortgages when they're not staying there. So while we don't capture verbal properties directly from verbal, most property investors that are sophisticated investors will not just list the property on verbal, they'll also list it on Airbnb. And they'll sync those two calendars together. And a lot of times the pricing between Burbo and Airbnb will be very similar. There's just the way it works. There's a little bit of a pricing difference because as an investor, Burbo charges 50%, upwards of 50% to book a property there and Airbnb charges 3%. So you can set your prices to be different on those two channels to account for the same net after their fees. Long story short, we capture a verbal booking if it's an investor because that property is no longer available in Airbnb. We can then register that as a, as a, as a booking in our system as well. So no, we don't fully scrape verbal, but our theory is that good investors will not only have the properties in verbal, they also have Airbnb and we capture the verbal activity through Airbnb to still get to the same result. Hope that made sense. I love that. How does Verbal accurately determine occupancy when a property is booked directly? That's a great question too, Mir. I wonder if it falls into the same category of the Verbal because if it's not booked on Airbnb, how would you capture that? What are your thoughts? Yeah, so it's a great question. So when you look at a property, let's jump back to revenue estimates here in a second. Bear with me one. So come back to that address. I didn't type correctly. So let's go back to 1000 Black Boulevard, right? And it's, it's a one bedroom this time. You'll see completely different numbers for the one bedroom than we did the two bedroom a second ago. So, you know, what, what somebody, what a sophisticated investor will do is the prices will not vary significantly between Airbnb, between Burrow, between Booking Direct. All that stuff will be aligned and they will all share the same calendar. So I'm going to click on this property here, divide suite, right? And let me show you the calendar so you can see. It's been booked up here pretty clearly in zooming in. And you can see what the nightly rate was when it was first booked up, when it was available. So we saw that this property was available for an extended period of time for 150 a night on this weekend. And as we kept continuing gathering data, we saw it was no longer available. That means it was either booked directly on Airbnb, it was booked through verbal or through a, another channel, at which point we know, okay, this property our last data point was that it was available for $150 a night on the 23rd. It is now no longer available for on the 23rd. We did not see a price decrease prior to that. So we can confidently say that this property was booked on Airbnb on Verbo direct for that price point. So we then pick that into account. Now, if we continue collecting the data for months ahead of time and we never see this property ever become available or these dates ever become available, then we won't take those into account in our calculation if somebody just blocked them off ahead of time. But if we're seeing constant pricing updates to it and it's no longer available, then we can make a fair assumption that this is the property that was booked either an Airbnb or one of the other OTAs. And it's a fair number to include in the estimate itself. Awesome. I don't think I knew that, Amir. So thank you for explaining it. All the calendars are interconnected, right? When we have a property that we manage, we put it on Airbnb, Verbo, Expedia, Booking.com. Honestly, we even put it on Zillow. We put it everywhere, right? But it's all off one primary internal calendar that we have in our property management system. And then we market that accordingly. And when it gets booked somewhere, 
we remove it from that, from all of the channels at once. So obviously there were double bookings, but then that tells us on the back end that this property was booked for the last advertised price, which then goes into the algorithm for the revenue calculation. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. Awesome. All right. So I'm glad you mentioned Zillow. Amir, this is my question, actually. So how do we leverage some of those guests that are looking to stay a little bit more of an extended stay? So I have a population in the suburban area, and we, in this particular area, we focus on luxury midterm rentals specifically for the insurance policyholders, those who are displaced from their homes, those who are relocated, relocating to an area or working in there for an extended period of time, but primarily dis displaced individuals. Is there any way that I can use Data Rabu to leverage some of this information to then extrapolate? I'm glad, again, you explained with the calendar, I can see utility there. What are your thoughts? That's a great question. We are working on some features around that. Transparently, it's not live yet. It's a little bit, a little bit of bigger science because of the way you have to collect the data. So not yet. I mean, the best thing we can give you there is some functionality and some of the filters, right? For example, you can look at filters here and you can set the number of unavailable nights maximum consecutive. What this means is if you see a property that has X amount of nights, maximum consecutive unavailable, we don't include that in the revenue estimate, thinking that it could be just blocked off personally. So you can use this a little bit and you can keep this you can change this number lower or higher to see how many properties are on there that have many month bookings ahead of time or are booked out further in time. We are making some refinement to that. With that said, I highly encourage the midterm rental strategy. We have some properties ourselves that the entire city is only monthly rentals. And the best way to get there is to set really what I consider stricter booking rules where anything within a month of the check of today, you can't book for less than a month because you don't want somebody to book a two day stay in August today. And that kills the ability for you to find a tenant that wants to stay from May through September, right? Because Lisa booked a two night stay in August. So there's some opportunities there. It's definitely a area that can and should be leveraged and we're working on some tools for that, but we just don't have them live. Undated that rebel right this second, but it's coming. I love it. And I love the fact that you validated what we're finding as well. We find we're finding massive success with the midterm rental strategy, especially those who are the relocation individuals and those are, that are displaced from their homes. And you touch on something that's very important that I think may escape a few people until they think about it hard enough. But the calendar management is huge, right? If you, you have a guest who wants a six month booking, and as we know, 28 days plus is the second most, I think, search for length of stay on Airbnb. So that's the thing. People want to stay for longer or they have to stay for longer in STRs. So paying attention to this market, is, I think I tell everyone it's a great way to recession proof your portfolio is knowing how to manage uh, those markets that are midterm rental types of markets. So Awesome. Thank you, Amir. Oh my goodness. So guys, I hope you feel inspired. I hope you feel as though you have an extra tool to add to your tool chest. You can just go to data.rabu.com and play around with the tool for free. Amir was in our mastermind meeting a little bit early and I was telling him, telling our members, it's when you actually do the thing, you go in there, you play with it. You can see the utility in there. You can see the questions that start to arise by you actually doing the thing and being inside of the tool. Without further ado, I do want to offer something because I know that Amir, the paid version of the product. So first and foremost, what is the cost of the paid version of the product? Yeah, absolutely. So typically the paid version of the product is $99 a month where you get access to market data, to properties for sale all across the entire country. So it's $99 a month or $990 a year. So love to have you guys check out the, the tool and then reach out to our team and provide us any feedback that you have. But we found it extremely helpful. We have helped investors buy over $100 million worth of assets with that, this tool itself. So it's powerful and love to have you guys check it out. Awesome. So Amir, massive thank you for spending some time with us. Again, you are so generous with your information. You have such a heart of a teacher. I tell members of our community, we like to bring on individuals who, who teach, who actually provide value. And so I thank you so much for creating this tool 
and sharing it with our community and providing the value that you did. Because again, I don't want our members in our community investing based off of hopium. We need to actually have data, actually understand how properties are generating revenue within the vicinity of our property. And that's what I think is the beauty of short-term rentals. All the information is out there, but the easier you can access it, I think it's going to help you to easier to get into action. I need everyone to get into action. <laughs> so without further ado, thank you. Thank you, Mayor, for yeah. supporting our community and always being willing to share information with us. Absolutely. Thank you, Rachel, for having me. Thank you for what you do. I love the education aspect to the community. This asset class is only going up even during tough economy times. So thank you for continuing to educate everyone. Love to be a resource for you guys. So feel free to reach out at any point, use our tools, send us an email, connect with myself, with Nicole, and anybody else on our team. And good luck. Goal of our tool is to really avoid paralysis analysis, right? So feel free to check it out. Thanks everyone for having me. All right, guys. Again, I love you guys to the moon and back. I look forward to connecting with you guys soon. Bye-bye for now, and we'll see you next week.